to the green light. I'm Jackson. I'm Lauren. And what do we do here on this here green light? This special episode. Special episode. Special, special, special. We read new scripts, uh, screenplays, and regular plays. This one is a screenplay and interview the awesome people who write them. That we do. That we do. Yeah. And once again, if you've been listening to us for the past couple weeks and you're new, obviously we've been doing something slightly different there, but this is our original format. We're getting back to basics, back to the OG, if you will, of what the green light was. That's right. You want to keep going? No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, That's so strange. Why? I just noticed on Apple Podcasts because they uh, they just updated. It has this as a bi weekly series. That's bi-weekly, so strange. Bi weekly, as in twice a week or every other week? Every other week, I assume. Oh. That's super odd. Um. That doesn't make sense. Are you sure? Well, it could be twice a week because sometimes when we've done like little preview episodes, we've done. Maybe, but I also wonder if it was a thing from like, you know, when we took a little hiatus and skipped two weeks. I don't know. But then that wouldn't be bi-weekly. Uh, that's true. I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyways. Well, anyway, we don't have any new reviews, speaking of Apple Podcasts. Uh, before, I guess, we do housekeeping, oh. um, should we talk about our script? Should we talk sure. about our writer? Yeah, we are reading Hive by J.C. Morgan. Not the Hive, just Hive. Yes. I made that mistake. Ah, yes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we had JC on the show. You'll hear that interview in a bit. Uh, it was a lot of fun. The script yeah. was fun. We actually haven't recorded the script. We're about to. First time in a yeah. long time we're going chronologically. Order, except yeah. for the interview. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But suspend your disbelief as you do sometimes with movies, films, plays, books, whatever. Yeah, it's a nice, concise horror script. And then yeah, we have is. our interview. Yeah, it is. Uh, it so let's get to some time. housekeeping real quick. Now let's get to some housekeeping. Yeah, like I said, we have no new reviews, but guess what? We would like some reviews, yes, please. We would. We, we're starving. We're starving hungry. for reviews. Yeah, please, five-star reviews are the best. If you want to give us less than five stars, please just email us instead. Please send because that that's how we're gonna uh, directly to the source. Directly there you go. To the source. You don't need a middleman for that. Boom. We do need a middleman for good reviews, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So please. Um, and something that uh, was actually pointed out to us on our other podcast. Um, so I don't know if there are people from other countries across the pond. Um, yeah, across the pond who might have reviewed this show, but we actually can't see any reviews from other um countries so if you have sent us a review from another country feel free to dm us on instagram uh, and show it to us and we will yeah. read it on the show yeah we Unless would it's mean. yeah if it's if it's mean we'll we'll write a mean review back to you on our own podcast but give ourselves five stars hmm. so it's really like you you just fueling the fire you act like i haven't already made a burner account shh Anyways, uh, <laughs> follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at uh, TGL underscore pod. Lauren just posted something today on that site. I did. Well, on uh, Facebook, it is at Greenlight Pod. At Greenlight Pod, yes. yes. Um, also, we have a Patreon, loads of content, a, a wealth of content yeah. on there. Uh, we're, I guess, eventually we'll have to start thinking about our Greenlit again. Yeah, uh, this and past also one, our road trip. Yes. This past one was uh, 101, 101 Dalmatians, Dalmatians live 1996 action live action. Yeah, starring Glenn Close as yes, Gorilla Deville. A classic. Uh, so if you have one, and if you're a Patreon subscriber, or if you want to have some input and you want to become a Patreon subscriber, do that and then tell us, and we Check might it do out. it. Yeah. Um... Okay, is that it? Uh, yeah, I think those are all the big things. Okay. Okay. Uh, shall we dive into our other stuff? Let's dive. Our actual episode, I guess. Yeah. Do you want me to go first? Uh, sure. Uh, let me talk about what it is that we're. Oh about yeah. To do. So this is our detour segment. Beep beep. Uh, the yeah, 
uh, a good beep beep from Lauren there. Uh, this is a segment where we talk about something we've consumed in the past week. If you listen to our other episodes, it's that, but a lot more condensed. Uh, so I will be doing a movie, Lauren will be doing a book, and she's going to start with her book. Yeah. So I did something a little different. Uh, I listened to an audiobook for the first time ever. Whoa. And it's it's weird that I haven't done it before because, like, I listen to podcasts and I host two of them. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of the same deal, especially, like, a story-centric podcast. Yeah. Um, But I read slash listened to Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman. Yep. Um, Neil Gaiman has made an appearance on the show, actually. Not him, but we, like, uh, Good Omens. Oh, that's true. We that's talked true. about we on the show a while ago. Both of us. We also talked about Amanda Palmer, who uh, is married to Neil Gaiman. That was. No, she's still married to him. Were they separated? I mean, during COVID, she was in New Zealand and he was back in England for a little bit. I thought bit, they like got divorced. There were rumors about it, but just because he Never went back happened. to England for a hot second. But no, they're fine. Okay. They're anyway. fine then. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so uh, Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman. I have a summary on Goodreads. Neil Gaiman, long inspired by ancient mythology and creating the fantastical realms of his fiction, presents a bravura rendition of the Norse gods and their world from the origin through their upheaval in Ragnarok. In Norse mythology, Gaiman stays true to the myths in envisioning the major Norse pantheon, Odin, the highest of the high, wise, daring, and cunning, Thor, Odin's son, incredibly strong yet not the wisest of gods, and Loki, son of a giant, blood brother to Odin, and a trickster and unsurpassable manipulator. Yep. Gaiman fashions these primeval stories into a novelistic arc that begins with the genesis of the legendary Nine Worlds and delves into the exploits of deities, dwarves, and giants. Through Gaiman's deft and witty prose, these gods emerge with their fiercely competitive natures, their susceptibility to being duped and to duping others, and their tendency to let passion ignite their actions, making these long-ago myths breathe pungent life again. Mm pungent that's right i love those words like that yeah so so i have to say um one nice thing about this audiobook i rented it on libby and i did the audiobook because the actual book was like i would have had to wait about a month and a half for it um so i was like what the heck and we don't wait here on the green light that's right um but it turns out the audiobook is actually uh read by neil gaiman oh so it's like the author telling you these stories and i'm honestly glad that i went with the audiobook format because i feel like with something like mythology, it's almost delivered better if it feels like someone's telling it to you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um. So, you know, so I really enjoyed just listening to that in the car. And it's these really like, I mean, they're longish, but they're kind of these segmented stories. The audiobook as a whole is like six hours. Okay. Um. So, and it honestly would have taken me a lot longer, not like more than six hours, but like a much longer period of time <laughs> yeah. to read the whole book because it's fairly dense. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I just, like, really, really enjoyed it, and he did, like, kind of voices for the different gods and stuff oh, like cool. that, you yeah. know, like, so I, I had a really great time listening to it, and, you know, also just getting a lot more background on the world of Norse mythology. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting, there's, um, a lot of the Norse myths have been lost, and we know that they're lost because, um, in the introduction he talks about how... There are myths that we have that allude to the existence of other myths. Oh, okay. And like references that they make? Yeah, and there are a lot of, you know, it'll allude to, like, events that are not mentioned or explained in any of the other myths that we sure, have, things yeah. like that. Yeah. And um, there are also just a lot of, you know, gods and goddesses that we consider to be minor gods and goddesses only because we don't have, like, as full of a... Uh, 
you know, as we don't have as many stories about them. Sure. We don't have as much context for them. Minor in knowledge, not power. Right. So like kind of the main gods that are in pretty much all of the stories are Thor, Odin, and Loki. The big three, the ones we know. The big three, yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, it's it's also interesting just to look at kind of the differences between um these myths and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. For Not sure. Cinematic Universe, but just like the Marvel comic versions yeah. of Thor, Odin, and Loki. Yeah. Specifically Thor and Loki. Yeah. Um, just because that kind of um presents Thor and Loki as, even though they're not technically related, like brothers in age. Whereas in the actual myths, Thor is Odin's son, but Odin is more of Loki's peer. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I just, you know, I just thought it was really interesting, really entertaining. And I think that I really appreciated that he sort of like found a way to put all these myths in some semblance of a chronological order. Yeah. Um, And, you know, just like make them feel a little bit more modern just in specifically in like the dialogue between the characters he makes sure. them feel a little bit more modern well while still feeling you know ancient mythology sure. <laughs> uh, uh, no never mind i was gonna say something okay. that, that doesn't make sense that <laughs> yeah. is cool yeah I, 10 I, out of 10 really enjoyed it also cool. the gods are jerks in these books like they're yeah. really not just loki like loki's a jerk but they're all kind of jerks <laughs> all all like, jerks all around there's a there's one story towards the beginning where they're like huh we need to build a wall around asgard to keep out the frost giants mm. and so there's this guy who comes and he's like i bet i can do it in three seasons and they're like okay well we'll give you one season you know because he he's demanding like if he does it, the sun, the moon, and the beautiful goddess Freya. He, the, he wants oh, wow. those three things. Okay. He's um, asking so, for a lot, though. Well, right. But they're <laughs> like, okay, we'll only give you one season and you can't have any help. So okay. all he has is his horse. And like, it looks like he's going to get it done. So they literally are finding ways on the very last day to cheat him out of his prizes and make sure he just gets like a little bit that's not done so they can just finish the rest. But now they have this oh, whole structure sure. without paying him anything. Sure. And I was like, that's kind of a... Jerk move. Seems like he's a bad negotiator, though. He should have been like, okay, two months, but I only get the sun and the moon. <laughs> well, it was a season, so it was like, I think it, a season was considered six months in the story. Sure, sure. So we would have been uh, 18 uh, Two months. seasons, sun, moon, yeah. Freya for six months, you know? <laughs> Something like that, but anyways, anyway. that's that's cool. How long is the? How long was the audiobook? Oh, I mentioned it already, Jackson. Whoa. It was like a little over six hours. Okay. Do you know what that translates to in pages? No. Okay. I mean, I I actually saw the book in the last bookstore today. It's like that big. <laughs> um, for for those of you who can't see, that's Probably about like two maybe inches, four hundred pages ish. Yeah, I would say. Okay. Cool. Well, sounds good. Uh, some knowledge, some reading knowledge for you. Yeah. And, and packaged in a fun way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what I'm going to talk about, uh, you probably won't gain much knowledge from it, but you'll have a darn good time. <laughs> I can tell you that. Predator is a 1987 film directed by John McTiernan, written by John and Jim Thomas, starring who other than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Let's go. Also, Carl Weathers. And um, uh, Jesse Ventura as well. Uh, uh, Shane Black, who actually became the director of the new Predator movie. Hmm. Uh, other people, Bill Duke, uh, Elpidia Carrillo, uh, Sonny Landon, Richard Chavez, R.G. Armstrong, and Kevin Peter Hall as the Predator. So, if you don't know what the Predator is about, 
A team of special forces ops led by a tough but fair soldier, Major Dutch Schaefer, that's Arnold, are ordered to assist CIA man Colonel Al Dillon, that's Carl Weathers, on a rescue mission for potential survivors of a helicopter downed over remote South American jungle. Not long after they land, Dutch and his team discover that they have been sent in under false pretenses. This deception turns out to be the least of their worries, though, when they find themselves being methodically hunted by something not of this world. Whoa. So, this is a 1987 film starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Of course. If you know anything about Arnold Schwarzenegger and the 80s, that was kind of his time. Arnold yeah. ruled the 80s with his action movies. Uh, his everything. Iron Fist. Yeah, Terminator, all the Terminator movies, Commando, etc., etc. You could you could name a, a an entire library of Arnold movies that were that were uh done in the 80s and surrounding era. Um so you you expect something out of him and I think Arnold really delivers in this movie. I think I think this is sort of he's on the top of his game here. I think Arnold it's like most of the movies I've seen him in, you know, it's like this is a man who has has his type locked down. Oh yeah. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like they know they're like okay, he's going to be jacked. Yep. And he delivers one-liners well, but not really anything else. Yeah. So we're just going to give him those one-liners and let him nail it, yeah, you know. Yeah, for sure. And he does like once again, I Arnold, I feel like the closest thing we have to Arnold today is The Rock. Um, and I, I think, you know, someone who sort of knows their type. Um, I, I guess The Rock might have branched out a little more maybe than Arnold. But I, because I, I think today, I don't know, like, Arnold, uh, The Rock's probably the closest thing we have to a pure action star. But that's that's what Arnold was. And it's very clear in this movie. He looks great. He does a great job at his role. And Carl Weathers is also awesome, too. Um, if you don't know, if you've seen that meme where it's like the two arms, the two muscle-bound arms coming together, and it's typically like this one oh. thing on one side, this other thing on the other side, and they meet in the middle with this thing. Yeah, that, that comes from this from movie. This movie. Huh. Yes, it does. That's a fun fact. So, so fun fact about that for those of you who didn't know. Uh, as far as just like the overall story and the plot goes, I think that it's it's a really well written movie, especially for what it is. You know, I think it's cool. Obviously, because there's so much history behind Predator, and and you know, it's just such a well known movie. I knew that they were the Predator was coming in, but I think it's very clever how they started off as they go in for this other mission, and it turns out to not be what they're there for. It right. turns out they're being hunted. And I think one of the most impressive things about this movie actually are the effects. Hmm. And because this movie came out in 1987, but the effects hold up shockingly well, okay. especially the practical effects of how the Predator looks. I think the Predator looks outstanding. Okay. Like, I think it's really cool. And because it's practical, I think you really get that, like, gritty feel. And it, it, it just looks good. Like, I was I was very impressed. I think if you watch this, you'll you'll also be pretty impressed by, you know, what this movie does with with its effects. Um, I mean, and the the <laughs> a little bit of a spoiler. Predator kind of wipes out a lot of Arnold's team. And so, like, the last third of the movie it's is like pretty much Arnold, <laughs> Arnold versus Predator. And th- it's it's a very, it's like a really well-done sequence. It's There are some really riveting action sequences uh, and, and some really clever parts, too. Uh, th- this movie is smarter than I think a lot of people might, might think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you haven't seen it, Predator 1987, it is on streaming on Hulu. Um, so if, if you have Hulu, definitely give this one a watch if you haven't seen it. And if it's been a while since you've seen it, I'd recommend watching it again. Because like I said, I think this movie holds up surprisingly well for, for 1987, especially with like all the effects that it has. So yeah. So yeah. Coming up next, 
We are going to be reading Hive by J.C. Morgan. Not J.P. Morgan. Not J.P. Morgan. J.C. Morgan. See you soon. See you soon. Welcome back, crazy people, to Back, Back, Back Again. Good. I already yeah. did that once this episode. Jackson and I Lauren are back one. <laughs> on the green light. One too many we hit, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, Lauren, what are we reading? And uh, as you might hear, it's only the two of us. Yeah. Sorry. This actually really worked out well <laughs> we because uh, my family is in town, and I think I would yes. have had a hard time coordinating a script reading with another actor. So we were very, very fortunate and yes. uh, excited that we got a great script submission that Shout only had one character. Yes. So yes. thank you, JC. Yeah. Yes. And so uh, I will be reading for that one character. That character's name is Ryan. And I will be reading Action Lines. And I think that's all we need to say before we dive in. Let's go. <clears throat> Hive, written by JC Morgan. House, bathroom, afternoon, We open on the baby blue tile walls of a bathroom. The house is completely still. We can hear a faint, buzzing sound coming from behind the shower curtain. Cut to house, living room, afternoon. The afternoon lights beam through the window of a small and simple living room. By the worn leather couch is a suitcase, ski jackets, and a backpack. A stack of unread mail is strewn across the couch with the words past due and final notice in big red letters. We hear a man's voice coming from the restroom. The bathroom light reflects off the hallway walls. Hallway continuous. The bathroom door is slightly ajar. We see the man's legs as he sits on the toilet. Bathroom continuous. Ryan, 26, youthful eyes, short brown hair and stubble, talks on the phone. Yeah, Mom, North Carolina was great. (laughs) Yes, I sent you the photos of me and I through WhatsApp, not messages. They're there, just look again. Yeah. Everything's gotten a lot better over here. I got a job at a new cafe that's a few blocks down the street. I start in two weeks. Yeah, I promise. Ryan begins to notice a low buzzing as he speaks on the phone. Bees? He looks around, puzzled, and discovers the source of the noise. Behind the shower curtain. He yanks the curtain open to find several bees flying around the bathroom window. A few lay dead on his remaining scraps of soap. Ew. A beat. The person on the other side of the line speaks. Oh, no, I wasn't talking to you. There's a bunch of dead bees in my shower. Ryan takes a step back as the bees fly to the bathroom lights and hover there. His expression reads confused. How did they get in here? He steps into the shower and notices that the window is just ever so slightly open. Cut to Ryan's front yard afternoon minutes later. Ryan stands next to his front steps. He examines a small hole under the house where he can see electrical cords. There are even more bees going in and out of the hole. The buzzing grows louder. Above the hole, which leads to under the house, is the bathroom window where more bees fly around. Cut to kitchen, moments later. Ryan stands by the kitchen counter, holding his phone in one hand and a pen in the other. They don't seem aggressive, but I think there might be a beehive under the house. A beat. The lady on the line speaks. Ryan's thoughts are drawn to the sink, where dishes and cups are piling up and the soap dispenser is nearly empty. But he is quickly brought back to the present. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. When would he be able to come over to take a look? You said three days? Okay. He jots this down. 
And do you have any idea of how much he charges? A beat. Ryan's face grows sour as he writes down $400. He sighs and rubs his temples. Yeah, sure, I'll do it myself. Uh, okay. Yeah, what was that? You said spray them with insect killer and wait till when? Okay. He scribbles down, spray again in evening, not as active. Cut to bathroom continuous. Ryan's distant voice can be heard on the call. We hear a sudden thump from underneath the bathroom tile floor, and there's the low sound of something crawling on the ground. Cut to Ryan's backyard minutes later. Ryan is on all fours by a bolted-up square hole that leads to beneath his house. He has changed into a long-sleeved shirt, pants, and boots. A screwdriver, face mask, and flashlight lie on the grass next to him. Ryan starts unscrewing the bolts with a screwdriver and sets it aside. Cobwebs cling to the hole's edges. The stone has cracks and the color is peeling. Ryan switches on his flashlight, revealing... There are twisted cords all over the place. The air is musty down here. The ground is made of dirt and rocks, and more bricks divide the house in half. Another opening in the middle leads to the front of the home, which is surrounded by a wall that hides all else. There's no sign of a hive. The hole in the front of the house can be seen from here. A few bees go in and out. Cut to front yard continuous. Ryan sprays insect killer into the hole while wearing gloves and a face shield. The buzzing grows louder as angry bees swarm around him. He jumps back and sprays the ones nearest to him. Cut to Ryan's backyard continuous. We move slowly through the square hole and are submerged into the darkness beneath the house. We can hear Ryan spraying the bees and their angry buzzing, but there's something else we can hear. Something is digging its way out from beneath the dirt. Cut to Ryan takes a few steps back as bees angrily buzz around him. He violently shakes the insect killer and sprays all around him. That's when he dashes to the side of the house, frantically spraying the insect killer around himself in the hopes of not being stung. Cut to Ryan's backyard, night. The sun has set and the moon is rising. Ryan stands by the hole, grabbing his flashlight and insect killer. He's still dressed in the same outfit he was wearing earlier. He gets on all fours, turns the flashlight on, and crawls into the hole. Under the house, continuous. Ryan crawls cautiously on the dirt. Nails and cobwebs cling to the wooden planks above him. Electrical cords run behind him through the hole ahead of him. It's dead silent down here. He tenses up as soon as he hears the sound of something scurrying by. He quickly points his flashlight in the direction of the sound, where he discovers a small rat scampering by. Ryan laughs to himself as he approaches the next hole, which leads to the front of the house. He crawls through slowly, making sure not to cut himself. He moves cautiously to the other side and shines his flashlight around. That's when his body tenses up. He has the light pointing in the direction of the bathroom floor, which is directly above him. We can see the light reflected in his terrified eyes. We hear a growing, buzzing sound as something digs itself out from under the dirt and emerges to the surface. That's when, wham, Ryan's arm is grabbed by a disfigured hand. He screams and recoils. The flashlight falls and lands on the dirt floor. As he claws his way out from under the house, he screams for help. He scurries to get through the hole. That thing, however, is right behind him. Ryan yells again. The hole to his backyard is within a few feet, but then he hears a swarm of bees. His body is flooded with intense agony as he is stung. He groans. He inches closer and closer. The stings begin to multiply, but he's so close. He can smell the fresh air again. 
Ryan manages to grasp both sides of the hole. He hangs on for a few seconds, screaming as loudly as he can before being dragged back under the house. We hear shrieking, buzzing, and something going back under the dirt. The end. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Greenlight Podcast. This is Jackson here, as you know. And Lauren. But someone who you don't know is J.C. Morgan, our writer of the week. But you're about to get to know them. J.C., how are you? I'm doing good. Thank you guys for having me. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. It's a nice old Saturday morning here in Los Angeles. You know, the weather's nice. We're feeling good. So who can complain? (laughs) <laughs> Who can complain, really? Yeah, so um, I guess we, we like to start off with a couple just standard questions. Uh, so first off, where are you calling us from, JC? I am calling from Miami. It's extremely hot here. Oh, I bet. Miami. Have we had anyone from Florida on the show? Uh, we, I, we have to have had someone from Florida on the show, right? Like, I feel like, but at the same time, I don't know. I can't. No huh. one comes to mind. Sorry to our previous guests if you are from Florida and we forgot about you. However, (laughs) however, that's cool, though. That's cool. What is, uh, I guess, so Florida, so hot and also uh, very humid as well, I imagine. Yes. After it rains, it is extremely humid. Yeah. Like steam coming off the ground. Yeah, exactly. We're both from North Carolina, so we're we're a bit used to that, but probably not even as bad as Florida. So uh, good luck with the rest (laughs) of your summer. Thank Um, you. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Yeah, so we always like to ask everyone this. What is your writer origin story? How did you get started? Oh, my gosh. Um, okay, so I'll try and summarize this as quickly as I can. <laughs> okay, But great. Um, I feel like, as every writer would say, I have always loved uh, watching films from a young age. I remember uh, after I would watch a movie, I would immediately go into the, uh, the two-hour bonus features with the behind-the-scenes footage. And I found it just as entertaining as the movie itself. Aww. And um, <laughs> that's awesome. I've always loved, yeah, I've always loved the idea of um, like creating a family on set and having all these different, um, like the set design, the writers, the directors, the actors, all these different um, people that are coming together and work on one project. And it also really scared me because I was like, oh my gosh, if I were to ever do that, like, I have to make sure that if I were to write a script that it would be on par with everyone else. But um, yeah, I knew from a young age that uh, making a film was something that I wanted to do, but it was actually, um, it was never in the front of my mind until these past few years. And I've always been into uh, visual arts, like drawing, painting, working with clay, photography. I also do graphic arts. And then I went through a phase where I did stop motion animation um oh wow that's incredible so yeah i i i i've also always known that i've wanted to be an artist and i was also really good at writing my school essays and then it was in 2018 so i was 14 at the time uh for my school we were writing uh short stories and i had so much fun writing it and in that moment i was like oh okay wait i think this is something that i really want to pursue but um it was just writing it in the form of a short story was just something that I didn't enjoy because as I was writing the story, I was only thinking of the visuals, the lighting and the camera movement. And obviously when mm-hmm. you're writing a story, you can't put those things in a story because it's not a script. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I ended up writing a short novella later on and I didn't enjoy it. And so I stopped writing it for a <laughs> year. 
And then I rewrote it into a script and I absolutely loved it. That was in uh, September of 2020 and everything clicked. And what I really loved is that I was able to tell the story while going into detail about the visuals and the cinematography and how the camera moves. And I found yeah. a way of combining the storytelling part of myself and the visual arts part of myself. And here I am. Yeah, that's absolutely. Awesome. No, that's that's really cool. And I think even in the scripts, as we're going to talk about, you sort of mix in those visual elements with the storytelling elements. And I think it's like, I think film is just a really great medium for something like that, you know, absolutely. because... Uh, you know, like you said, writing novels, it's it's different. It's just a different form of writing. It's yeah. not worse, but it's it's more introspective. It's more like, you know, about, you know, emotions, things like that. But with the script, it is very visual. So I think that's a, a really cool way to marry your two uh, passions. Thank you. Yeah. You uh, should have seen the first script that I wrote. I gave it to a friend and she was like, I absolutely love it, but you have mentioned too many camera movements. And I was like, oh, <laughs> dang it. So I had to go through the whole thing and take out as many as I could. So now, uh, yeah, totally, totally, totally. Well, speaking of this script that, uh, this script that we're talking about today, let's yes. dive into it. Uh, so first off, uh, how did you know that my biggest fear is stinging insects? And why did you target me with the script? <laughs> I need to ask you that, Jason. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I had a bad experience when I was a child. It's fine. But uh, seriously, though, talk about your inspiration for this script. Why did you decide to write this one? So, I, okay. So I was in the midst of writing uh, these two other scripts that are really big in the storytelling and the characters. Um, mm -hmm. And I wanted to write something that was a lot smaller and was focused on one character. And this script, I would love to get it turned into a short film in the near future. So mm. I tried to limit myself in the sense of like, okay, well, you need to write this as if you were directing it yourself, like with the budget and stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, and then the idea for the story came from, uh, I was in the restroom one day and there were a bunch of bees flying in my bathroom and they started flying around me and I started freaking out. And I ended up going outside and we had a bee beehive underneath our house. And so oh I remember God. that, that idea. Um, so it was that. And then my dad ended up going under the house. So I was holding the flashlight for him. And oh. I just remember this, it, this, this shot in my head of like the different, um, the cords running on, on the bottom of the floor and the, the, the dirt and seeing a couple rats run by, I was like, okay, wait this could be something interesting. And so from there, yeah. I went into my notes and I just wrote an outline to the story. And then that's, that's how it came. Wow. That's so, so definitely cool. based on some real experience. Hopefully uh, your dad is fine and did not get dragged under the house. Yeah, no, he man. didn't. Thankfully. Good. Your, your good. father's a brave man. I'll tell yeah. you that right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So one of the really kind of like we talked about before, one of the really cool things about the script is all of the visual elements that you added. So from the title to the specific things that Ryan jots down himself, having that element of actual writing appear was really cool. Mm -hmm. um, so talk about your thought process behind this and what you hope to achieve. Um, well, I would say the goal for my story was being able to create tension uh, and the tension coming from, okay, well, what is this thing underneath the house? But I wanted to create that tension uh, without showing the monster itself. So mm -hmm. we hear it um, underneath the floor. It's it's um, coming out from underneath the ground. And then we see Ryan shine the flashlight and we see its reflection through his eyes. 
So mm. I would say that was the main inspiration. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's there's also an added challenge with trying to build tension when you can't have dialogue because you only have one character. You know what I mean? Because yeah. a lot of times we can achieve that conflict and that tension between two characters. But in this case, it's sort of one person and this unknown entity under the house. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, so I thought that was achieved really well. And I think that really leads well into our next question. Uh, so the, a unique thing about this is, like Lauren said, it's a one-hander. Ryan's the only character that we have, at least speaking. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, he talks to his mom. But um, So talk about the pros and cons of writing a one-person script. Did you enjoy it, or, or is it something that you just did for sort of a challenge? I, I actually had a lot of fun. I wrote the story in two days. Um, oh, wow. There was really the only draft that I had was written in notes. And then from there, I just wrote the story. Um, but it was actually a lot of fun. I think it is challenging, though, because for me, I always when it comes to my stories, I love to think big. I'm always thinking, OK, well, how can I get the character go from here to here and do a complete uh, 180? And yeah. so for this one, it was a challenge because it was like, OK, no. I, I gave myself a page <laughs> limit. The page limit was nine and I managed to make it under that. So that's good. Um, yeah. But I ended up having a lot of fun. I was very surprised. Yeah, I think we've, we've talked about it before on this show, but I think sometimes giving yourself some creative boundaries can actually produce some really incredible things. Like, yeah. you know, like you said, you give, okay, this is a one person script has to be under nine pages. It's horror, whatever. And then you go from there and you sort of have to be almost more creative because, you know, if you have everything at your disposal, sometimes it's like, ah, eh, you know, you don't know what to choose, etc. So those creative boundaries, I think, can really create something cool like we have here. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So since this is a horror script, I would really like to hear your perspective. What in horror movies do you find the most scary? It's Is it jump scares, uh, overwhelming dread, seeing a monster or not seeing that monster until the very end? I am honestly not really a fan of jump scares just because I saw someone say this online where it was... Um, jump scares are the equivalent to a comedian tickling you it doesn't it doesn't feel genuine <laughs> um and when it comes to horror and uh thrillers and mysteries i love the unknown because that that's what really draws me in. Hmm. so i think nice. that was yeah. something that i tried to um have in the story yeah i i think that's i think you you did it really well too what is your opinion on jump scares lauren yeah, they feel, I, I agree with you. They feel cheap to me. I think that like, if you have one or two in a movie, mm -hmm. you know, I think sometimes it's okay to sort of have that, like, if you have, you know, especially they do it with music, that building tension, and then you, you know that someone's going to jump out and then it finally happens, you know, it almost feels like a little bit of a cathartic moment, I think. Mm -hmm. But, um, but I think they need to be used sparingly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I th I think it's like a couple, you know, and it's like, oh, you got me. And then after like three or four, you're like, okay, you got me. And then yeah. after that, it's like, all right, enough. We we want to see something really scary. Because some movies, I feel like, just use it as a crutch. You know, they're like, oh, we can scare them and call this a horror movie by just having something pop out at them. And exactly. it's like, well, well, I don't know. Yeah. Uh so, uh, we actually, I believe we only have one final question for, for the script before we get to some questions about you, Ryan. Uh, or no, sorry, JC. I <laughs> was, I was oh. reading Ryan on the, on the question, and I was like, oh my goodness. Sorry, JC. It's However, okay. For Ryan, 
why is he sort of the target of this vicious bee slash monster attack? Is he wrong place, wrong time, or is he atoning for some heinous sins? So I actually feel that he was just at, he was there at the wrong time. I wanted it to be where his character was kind of thrown into this huge, uh, this situation. So we see at the beginning of the story, he's uh, come back from a trip and there's Mm -hmm. little, um, like there's little things that I planted in the story about not just his character, but what's lurking underneath. Like, okay, well, how long has this monster been hiding underneath this place? Did it uh, go under there when he was on his trip? These are questions that I want the, um, the reader to ask and there's little hints throughout the story. Yeah. yeah. I actually kind of a uh, follow-up question. Would you consider this to be more of a monster movie or a haunted house movie? Ooh, good question. Definitely a monster movie. I feel. Mm. Okay, great. Mm. Monster just chose this house. Exactly. That's true. You can move yeah. on. You can move on if he needs to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like the, I do really like those little hints you put in and, and I think it makes sense. Um, what you were saying, sort of wrong place, wrong time, because I feel like you sort of imply with this script that while Ryan has not necessarily always had his life together, he's kind of trying to get his life together. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, he, he just got the job. Um, you know, he, he, he's trying to, pick himself back up. And so I think that's cool because it makes us empathize with him in a yeah. way, you know, like we're, <laughs> we're like, come on, buddy, you got this. Exactly. And unfortunately, he, he doesn't got this, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's still, it's still a good, a good way to get the audience on Ryan's side. Yeah. 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 So let's get into some questions about you. Some of them are adjacent to this script for sure. But um, yeah, we wanted to ask some questions about you. First off, what is your favorite horror movie? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, you got to give me a minute. Um, yeah, please do. Okay. We could we could and talk. If, if you need us, uh, if you want to do two or three, you can do that's that too. True. If you can't pick one, or a Mount Rushmore of horror movies, if you need. Yeah. Do you have one, Lauren, off the top of your head? No. Do you have one? <laughs> Um, I'm a big fan of like the like eighty slasher films. Mm-hmm. Like I I a lot of. I like watching horror movies, kind of, but, like, I don't love, like, super scary ones, if I'm being quite honest with you. So I like that, like, 80s, that it's kind of like, oh, the effects are, like, kind of, you know, do they hold up? Do they not hold up? I I just like that genre more than, like, current horror movies, I would say. So I'm a big fan of Halloween. Um... I, I mean, I really enjoyed when we recently watched the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Those were a lot of fun. uh... Um... (laughs) So, yeah, I I would say just that genre, but specifically the first Halloween I really enjoy. Okay. Mine is probably, um, I do really like horror spoof kind of movies. (laughs) Yep, yep. Um, So, and I mean, while this one has, like, obviously some emotional moments, too, I really like Final Girls. That's a new-ish one. Oh, yeah, that one's good. Yeah, um, and I like Scream, which is a classic. Oh, Scream is great, too. Scream is great. Scream is great. We just Um, watched that recently. And I also really like Tucker and Dale versus Evil. <laughs> Hard comedy as well. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. All right. Did you come All right, Jamie. Yes. I'm giving you time. Yes. So <laughs> I have two. Um, I really, really love uh, Jordan Peele's Us. That one is oh, great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I also recently saw A Quiet Place Part Two. I Ooh. that was the that's the first time in a long time that the jump scares have actually gotten me. But yeah. I also don't see those two as horrors, rather like thrillers. So sure. I don't know if that For answers sure. your question, but those are definitely the first two that came to my mind. 
Yeah, yeah I no. still haven't seen A Quiet Place Part 2, but I loved the first one. The yeah. first one was really good. Yeah, I, I uh, just recently saw the second one with my family, and it's definitely good. Do you like the second one better than the first one? I, okay, I feel they're both <laughs> just as good. I don't know, I might mm. like the second one more because I, I love the opening. The opening oh, was the opening perfect. Was the opening was perfect, in my opinion. Yeah, I I think that was that was one of my favorite moments in the film. Yeah. Um. But uh. Yeah. I I have. I think the experience that I had watching in the theaters the first one was something that was incredible. Lauren and I saw it together, and just like you know, I'd never really seen anything like that. What they did with sound and and uh. So so that has a special place in my heart. Yeah. Both are outstanding, though. Yeah. Uh, um. Do you uh follow up question? I guess to that. Do you have a favorite or a couple favorite uh horror movie villains or monsters? Hmm. Um, I have to say the tethered from us are. I mm. love the whole concept behind it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. I would say that that's the first uh, monster that came to my mind. Totally, Lauren. You got one. Um, you know, I feel like Freddy Krueger is pretty OP. If someone can get to you, <laughs> I'd in your have sleep. to agree with that. He, yeah, it's just like that. That Freddie was the one when I was a kid, not even having seen the movies, but he scared me because it was like, well, I have to sleep, so he's gonna get me eventually. Yeah, you know, I'm like, maybe I can outrun Michael Myers and like Jason, whatever, but <laughs> I I can't outrun Freddie. He's in my sleep. Yeah, you know, oh, he's also he's a character. He is a showman, he's and theatrical. we have to respect him for that. Yeah, I I have to add uh, one more. I don't know if this counts, but the the face hugger from the Alien franchise. Nothing oh, has scared me as much as that. That definitely counts. Definitely That's a good fair. choice. Yeah. I also recently watched um I this is kind of like an action movie, but it's it's definitely a movie monster. I recently watched Predator for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um and that the the effects hold up on that incredibly well, honestly. And so I was I was just it was just really cool watching that, even from a movie that was put out in 87. So yeah. Really enjoyed that. Um so next question. The, Lauren is more familiar with this than I am. However, <laughs> have you seen slash are you familiar with the movie The Savage Bees? I don't think I've ever heard of that before. All right, Lauren. Yeah, well, so it was like, both of us. to be honest, I really only know about it because my mother talks about it all the time. Um, <laughs> Shut up. It's, it's a TV movie from the 70s, <laughs> but it's, um, it's, it's not like the same as the script at all, really. It's just that like there are actually several films about like killer bees. Mm-hmm. So specifically this one, um, there are all of these bees, they can't get rid of them, they're killing everyone, and they have to find a way to get rid of them, and they're attracted to the color red. Oh. So there's this woman mm. who has a red Volkswagen. Oh, boy. Um, and apparently this model of Volkswagen is, like, airtight, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, like, if you have the air a certain way, like, the bees can't get in. So she has to, they, like, covered the car with, aside from, like, one little spot on the windshield so she could see with this uh with pheromones to attract the bees and then she had to drive into the superdome oh my god so they could like close the bees in there <laughs> that's pretty good so just a little inspiration if you decide to shoot this one I'm, maybe I'm get some visual inspiration. inspiration thank you yeah. <laughs> the savage bees 1976 a there classic another thing also is i didn't realize until i finished writing uh hive is the whole concept that it's kind of similar to Candyman with the whole bee thing. And I did not mm. even think about that until after <laughs> I wrote it. I was like, oh, okay, I can definitely see similarities, but it wasn't intentional. 
Honestly, no, though, yeah. you know, there again, there are like lots of horror scripts about bees. There's even a Black Mirror episode about bees. Be. As there should so, be. So you know, <laughs> do what you want with the bees. And I mean, exactly. really, if we th- if you think about it, canonically, these might not even be real bees. Exactly. I don't know. Whatever that's this true. thing is. <laughs> exactly. 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 So that's another <laughs> thing that I wanted to talk about. I definitely wanted to um to to leave the figure of the monster like I, I don't want to specify that because I want yeah. the reader to think okay well is it a swarm of bees or is it is there a dead body that these bees are controlling which that's actually really dark but uh that was one of the ideas <laughs> that I had thought of Ooh. um so I, I, it's I questions like that like that, that I want the reader to to think about yeah, absolutely. And I think it's cool because, you know, in the script, it's 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 left a little up to the reader, obviously. But even when it gets specific, like a disfigured hand, in mm-hmm. my mind, I was like, is this hand made out of bees? Is it like a zombie hand? I don't yeah. know. And I think that's cool. And something that I think leaves a lot of um, cool things open for uh, hopefully when you shoot this um, hopefully. is like, you know, is some some potentials for you have stuff you can do. And also, if if you need to change it. That's fine too, you know, budgetary mm-hmm. regions, etc. But yeah, we yeah. I really like that part as well. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh so we just have one more question for you. Um, but it is a little bit loaded. So okay. we did <laughs> It's uh, not it's not that bad. <laughs> we did find you on Instagram. It definitely helped that you commented on one of our posts. Yes. <laughs> um and you are an artist, like you talked about before. You've dabbled in all kinds of different types of art. So talk about Talk about your work. Talk about which medium uh, is your favorite. Um, whatever you'd like to talk about with that. So I have always loved working with um, watercolor, acrylics, um, alcohol-based markers, and did I say Prismacolors? I don't think I did. You did not. Okay. Yeah, those are uh, color pencils. I. Those are the main things that I work with. Oh, and um, graphite pencils, so black and white. Um, I have tried getting into digital art, but it scares me. I've tried it <laughs> once and I was terrible at it. Why and, does it why does it scare you? Well, I don't know. I'm just I, I can't get used to it. I think the issue mm. for me is um I have a drawing tablet, so it's one of those where I'm drawing on the tablet, but I'm looking at yeah. my computer screen and that just does not oh. work for me. I need to see oh. where my hand is. Yeah. Right. For sure. For sure. And then Especially, I, I imagine after working with so many like physical mediums that like you've been able to do that, you know? Yeah, exactly. I've also just gotten into graphic art recently, so that's been a lot of fun. Oh, that is cool. That is cool. What is your? And I know this this is a loaded question. I'll be honest. What is your favorite piece that you've done recently? <sighs> um, my favorite piece. Um... I know that's like picking children, but. I'm forcing you to do it. I'm looking around. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I I cannot talk about this much, but I'm actually Ooh. Okay, how do I say this? I am I made part. Okay, I'm working on a mural and um my part, I just finished my part of it recently and that's going to be for an event in October. And I put Ooh. a lot of work into that, and it's been super exciting. And I really can't oh, wait for people incredible. to see that. So yeah, but wow. so that's I would awesome. say another one that I on can talk light. about. Say that again. 
I just said we're getting the the inside scoop on the green light here. Exactly. <laughs> a little teaser. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, what were you gonna say though? I would say another one of my favorites is I did a bald eagle and graphite, and then I used gold leaf for the background. I really love that one. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. That sounds incredible. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. It's kind of funny. My uh, my sister does a ton of art, and her favorite thing is watercolor as well. Um, yeah. And, you know, she's also, because um, she in college is doing, get, like, graphic design and um, and marketing. And, like, she's doing graphic design as well as studio art. But um, she's been trying to get used to doing more digital art, like you said. And, you know, like, it is hard if you, if you don't have, like, an iPad or, you know, it is hard just trying to get used to that when you're used to being able to just take a pencil and do whatever you want. Exactly. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, that has reached the end of our questions, JC. Yeah. Thank so you so much for coming on. If Thank you, you for want having to, me. Of course. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to get in touch with JC, maybe give him some money so he can produce the script. Um, his <laughs> email will be in the description below. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, if you do, let us know. We could definitely share it on our pages. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, his email will be in our description below if you want to contact him about the scripts, etc., etc. Uh, JC, do you have anything else you would like to say? Anything slash, you want to plug? Slash any questions you have for us? Um, I would say one question that I have for you guys is, I don't know how many times you've been asked this, but as actors, what do you look for in a script? Ooh, we, yeah. we have been asked this before. We have, but yeah, but, it's, it's, a, it's a good one, though. Yeah. I feel like the number one thing I always like is um good dialogue because you know it's it's so much harder if the lines aren't something that feel natural Mm. um yeah so that's something that i always really gravitate towards as a character that has dialogue that feels feels natural feels compelling um all that good stuff Mm -hmm. yeah totally especially since both lauren and i sort of started in the theater which is a much more dialogue heavy space so um you know we uh that that's definitely a thing um i mean also i just this is gonna sound basic but also i you know i i enjoy liking a script that i'm working on if that makes sense you know something that has a story that's like compelling to me and something that i can get behind you know um, which, uh, you know, obviously makes sense, but at the same time, you know, if, if you have a script that, like, you don't like working on, even if you like your character, if the script as a whole you don't love, you know, you're not necessarily gonna put your heart into it, so, um, yeah, that, that's something as well. I hope we answered that question. I feel like I kind of skirted around You answered it, it perfectly. <laughs> okay, well, cool, thank you. Um, alrighty then. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Yes. And catch you on the flippity-flip. Yes. <laughs> Bye. All right, bye. Bye.